Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here today. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our guest. Stacey Tuchel has made a name for herself as an expert in growing small businesses. She started her own business at the age of 18 in her parents' backyard. This is true. She's going to tell us all about it and turned that company into a multi-million dollar business she still runs today, 17 years later. In addition to being a small business growth coach, Stacey is a best-selling author, and founder of the Foot Traffic Formula, which helps small businesses around the world get more customers in the door, more profit in their pocket, and more happiness in their homes. Stacy is, in my opinion, one of the go-to people that I go to in my life to have support in really profitizing my business. So I am so excited for you to listen to her wisdom and insight. We talk about everything from when do I make the transition from my full-time job to my side hustle? How do I know what side hustle to choose? How do I spend time and money and discern which to invest into in my new business? So many questions. So gear up, y'all. This might be an episode that you want to listen to two or three times. It's that good. One more thing before we get started. I would love to invite you to hop on over to iTunes or your podcast app and subscribe to the Refined Collective podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a written review. These are so helpful for us to get a pulse on what topics are resonating with you, what themes are really encouraging and empowering you so that we can do more of those things for you. It also helps get our podcast out there in the iTunes world to more and more people. So if you have loved an episode on this podcast, whether this is the first episode you've listened to or the 50th, please leave us an iTunes review. It would mean the world to us. Now, I promise I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get into this episode. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I recently did an Instagram poll asking you, what do you want to talk about? And so many of you were asking questions about the entrepreneur lifestyle and how do I take my side hustle to the main hustle? How do I pivot from a nine to five into my creative pursuit? And how do I make money at my creative pursuit? All of these things, which as a person that runs two businesses, I totally 
totally understand. And as soon as you guys sent me these questions, I knew the person to be on this episode to answer the questions. Welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Hi, thanks for having me, Kat. This is gonna be so fun today. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to have you here. And I just wanna give people context about how we know each other. When did we first get connected? I think it was, was it like two years ago in New York? Oh, yes. Maybe a year, year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. So you're a part of a mastermind with other entrepreneurs, like online entrepreneurs. And you were in New York and we're like, oh, I need some social media photos. So we got connected, started taking pictures. Yeah, a Jasmine star is in our mastermind and we never asked her to take our photos, but I knew she would have somebody really good. So I'm like, all right, Jasmine, who do you got in New York? What's going on? And she immediately said, you've got to check out Kat Harris. And that's where it all started. And now I've yeah. been taking your picture for a couple of years now. And yeah. we get these like short, like, literally like all over the United States from Southern California <laughs> to New York to Wisconsin. Chicago. Um, and oh yeah, Chicago. We were just in Chicago together. But yeah. the, the thing that is so fun about these little shoots is we get these like 15 minutes together and... I get these like bursts of your like wisdom nuggets about running a business. And I'm just, I always leave and I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? She is so legit. It's so bad though, because I hire you to shoot my photos and then I'm like giving you business tips because that's just so me to be like, okay, you've got to try this. It totally is, but it just is coming out of you because you are so... You're so committed to your vision and what you do. And it's it just naturally comes up in conversation. And I just, I remember after shooting you a few, a few times, I was like, hey, I need to like look up and see what she does. And <laughs> I started listening to your podcast and you have such wisdom and insight to offer the entrepreneur. And you are like, I think, such a guru on small business coaching. So before we get started, who are you? What do you do? And why do you do what you do? Yeah. So I grew up actually born and raised in a little suburb in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, have been here for many, many generations. (laughs) Like we, my family lives on the same street. I'm talking like grandparents, great grandma, my sisters, my mom, like everybody lives right by each other. And um, it's funny because I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my grandfather started an excavating company about 50 years ago that my uncle and family still run today where, where they basically dig basements for houses. It's wow. like a construction company. Yeah. And I grew up in that. I mean, from the time I was born, uh, family dinners and, you know, big holiday events, it was everybody talking business. And I, I didn't think anything of it. It just, and it was never something I thought, oh, well, I'm going to start my business one day. It was so funny because I feel like everybody else could probably see it, but I didn't. And out of high school, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I was getting a business degree where I was fully intending on working for somebody else, <laughs> doing something in marketing. And what was cool was I had this passion of dancing that I didn't want to stop. So I decided to start teaching dance classes in my parents' backyard for fun, completely for free while I was going to school. And within three years, I had a hundred kids coming to my parents' backyard. Wow. Yes. So it's a big part of the story now that I didn't realize before that my family was an entrepreneurial family. So they looked at this and said, you should be thinking about this as your business. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you've got something here. You're not even marketing and you had a hundred people. We grew from 17 the first year to a hundred the next, the next three years. Wow. So they looked at this and said, I think you could really turn this into a business. So 
I still, I decided I wanted to quit college so bad. And my, my dad's like, you're going and you're getting a degree. You're a junior. You're almost there. So I did get my business degree and marketing degree, but I immediately started my business. I incorporated at the age of 21. I've been running the business ever since. We have two performing arts academies here in Milwaukee, been grossing over a million dollars for several years, every single year, and uh, have about 40 employees. And it's just, I think, a thousand music and dance students that come to us every single week. It's just so crazy what has happened. Wait, you're and what still this doing this? Into. Yeah, I still own that. What? One. Okay. I <laughs> I had no idea that you were still a part yeah. of that world. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I am the full, like I'm a hundred percent owner in the company. Um, I don't work in the business. I work on the business. Mm-hmm. So I only go into the business uh, once a month, every first Monday of the month, we have a leadership meeting for about two hours. And then I talk to our general manager every Monday for about 15 minutes just to get on the same page. Okay. Yeah. So from there, I, yeah. I know you and I know you. You, okay, so that's a seven-figure business. Like some people yep. are like, in my whole life, that doesn't even seem possible. But that's just the beginning of things for you. Yeah. It's been 17 years of building that business. Wow. So please know I did not start there. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about this in the beginning. Especially people think, well, you grew up with this entrepreneurial family. Yeah, they were in construction. Mm-hmm. This is dance. This is totally different. They could give me some sort of advice, but they did not know how to do a lot of this stuff. So I think... I don't know, I would say probably like five to maybe seven years, people started ago, people started to really say, hey, can you teach me what you're doing? You know, you seem to be building this business, but you're still at home with your family. And like, how is this working? And my daughter is about six and a half and I completely stopped working in the business when she was born. So, I mean, it was a big, people were just shocked that I didn't have to be in there, but I could still run this huge business. So I think naturally I just started teaching and coaching and that has, I've always been a teacher at heart, Mm -hmm. you know, whether I was teaching dance or I can't help myself teaching people I pay (laughs) to tell them what to do or like a poor landscaper will come to my house and like, they have no idea what they're getting into. (laughs) I'm going to be like (laughs) talking about pricing and all of this stuff with them. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's so in me to teach. And then it, now I, when I saw this online space, I thought, ooh, this looks fun. Mm. This could be something really cool for me. And so now what are you doing online? What does all of that entail? Yeah. So online, I have a podcast. We have a new signature program that we are relaunching, I guess, in this coming September called the Foot Traffic Formula. And really that's my online brand. It's really helping people just like me who have physical brick and mortar businesses, getting more customers mm. in the door because that's, that's what everybody's looking for. Right? right. And I think we always think that's our problem is like, how do I get more people? How do I get more people? But there's so many other things we actually have to be thinking about mm. when building a business. That's so true. I mean, I've been frank here on my platform and on the podcast that I, I ran the refined woman for five years, Stacy, before it brought me one penny. I was so focused on building the following and yeah. building the Instagram followers. I had no idea what an email list was up until a year and a half ago. I had 300 people on my email list <laughs> and I grew that from 300 to 30,000 in a year. And it was really hard to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, the refined woman was just an expensive hobby. And I, it was like something I was so passionate about, but I felt like I couldn't figure out the secret combination to actually make it into a business. And only in the last year and a half has it started making me a significant amount of money. But even still, I'm still running my photography business until the refined woman makes enough money for me to do that. And the more I realized that was my story, the more like 
I, I keep getting DMs online and people are like, oh, you're so successful. And I'm like, literally six years ago, I was making $15,000. Like mm-hmm. I was making pennies. I, it was smokes and mirrors. All I was focused on was building a following. Um, and I think a lot of people in the online space focus on numbers, numbers, numbers. And then they're like, why am I not making money? And one of my friends, Jenna Kutcher, always says, well, popular doesn't pay the bills. Um, And so I think one of my first questions for you is how do you identify a good side hustle? Like, how do you identify the thing in your life where you're like, oh, this could actually make me a profit? So it's such a good question. And it's funny that you bring up the five-year thing because that's exactly how long it took me before I brought a home a paycheck for my studios. Oh, wow. And it's not that I couldn't have brought it in sooner. In fact, if, I mean, people, I didn't, I wasn't publicly saying that mm. at that time. And people looked at me and thought, oh, she is, she's making so much money. Oh, she's, and I, and I was bartending on the side <laughs> to, the, I mean, I think about it. I was a full-time college student. I was teaching dance in the evenings on the weekends. The only time left I had to make money was basically from 10 at night to two in the morning. Wow. So I was, I was hustling as much as I could. And I think the thing that I've realized, I've actually started several businesses, um, some that I've had to shut down, I've sold. Um, and I will tell you from doing all of that, I know the the best ones are the ones that you actually aren't even doing for money. Mm. It's just the ones where you're like, I just love this so much. Like I loved dance so much. Mm. I loved teaching business so much. And that's the reason why they're still here. Whereas the other ones I thought, oh, I bet I could make money with this. Mm. And now they're not here anymore. So I think that is probably my biggest lesson in these last 17 years is really identifying like, what would I do even if I never got paid for it? Like if I wanted to just to wake up every morning and do something first thing in the morning, what would that look like? And for me, I feel like I'm doing that. So my question about that is, um, I get that. And that's why I've done the refined woman for so long yeah. is because I believe so much in my vision and my mission to support women. But I think what I've noticed as I got into the entrepreneurial world is you have a lot of passionately underqualified people. So people that are passionate about their vision, but like have no idea how to run a business and either yeah. I like throw in the towel too soon or like passion is driving them, but it's not paying their bills. So how do you take that thing that you're like, oh my gosh, like, I love this. It's what, like, I'm always talking about this one thing. It's my secret sauce, but how do you transition that into becoming an income? So I, I, of course, don't think these should stay expensive hobbies. They start that way in the beginning for sure. But I do think for the sake of spreading your vision or your mission even further, it does need to make money so that you can continue to invest in it and grow your message even more. So yes, this should be definitely a priority. I think in the beginning you have two choices. You can either spend time or spend money. So what I mean by that is these days, oh, you've got, you like when I started business, there was no such thing as social media. You know, I would walk in subdivisions and put door hangers <laughs> on people's doors. Now it's like Facebook ads. Yes, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. But my point is here, you're either going to spend time to learn how to do this. You're going to go on YouTube. You're going to go on Google. You're going to listen to amazing podcasts like this, right? All of this free resources, but you're going to have to spend your time. Or 
you might think, I don't really have the time right now. Mm. I'm going to have to spend the money to outsource Mm. or hire. So maybe I don't have time to post on social media every single day, but maybe I could have somebody help me for $10 or $15 an hour or whatever Mm. your going rate is. And and you're going to be willing to do that. So I think, you know, knowing who your audience is, there's going to be a mix. There's going to be some people who say, I don't have the funds right now, so I'm going to have to spend the time to invest in myself and learn. And you're going to have some say, hey, listen, I've got a really great job where I'm making good money and I don't have the time. So I'm gonna have to spend my money mm. to have people come on my team and help me. Ah, that's that's such a good distinction because I think, I think what that does is when I hear it, it frees me up to be like, all right, I, I'm not gonna compare myself to someone else's journey. If the part of the story that I'm at right now is that I don't have that extra money, then let's take advantage of the uh, plethora of free resources out there. I remember yeah. talking to Jasmine Star years ago and she's like, you know, I went to the school of the hard knocks, like Google was her school and, yeah. you know, listening to podcasts and reading books. And then I think that's one reason why I've kept my other career as a photographer for so long. It's like a well-oiled machine so that I can like invest into this other business of mine. Um, So I think a question that I have for you is, you know, when do you know it's time to take that leap um, to go full time into into the side hustle? Like, would you suggest someone being like, because I think there's different thoughts. Like sometimes it's like, well, if you build it, they will come. So Mm -hmm. you may not have any any clients, but if you go full force, like they're going to come to you. And then I feel like another mindset is don't pivot until the business is ready and able to pivot. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think for, you know, deciding on if this is time to go full time or what this is going to look like. I mean, this is just like quitting a job and looking at, do we have the funds? Do we have the resources? How long could we make it until we have to start making income? And, um, you know, I always tell people too, it's a lot harder than it actually looks. Like people think I just jumped online mm. and started making all this money. Oh my goodness. I definitely spent a lot of time in the beginning. I was, I put the kids to bed. And I'd go back on my computer and I would be up all night just researching and learning and all of that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of behind the scenes that people don't see. Mm -hmm. So I really think you have to start to ask yourself, how much time do I have to give right now? How much money do I have to invest in this? Because some of you might have a mortgage Mm -hmm. and bills and expenses. And maybe, maybe you have children, maybe you don't. Maybe you have somebody depending on you. You have to make sure that you can provide for X Mm -hmm. amount of time, X amount of months. And I do think whatever you're guessing, guess like double that. If you're thinking, oh, three months, six months. I mean, I'm talking a year, maybe longer. I do think there is like when you, when you kind of jump and you need the net to appear, Mm -hmm. it definitely can happen a little bit faster when you, I see people waiting, like they're waiting and they're getting ready to get ready Mm. to get ready. And it's like, just jump, right? Like just go into it. But I think you can make that decision as smart as possible and know that maybe you're dipping your toes for a little bit, but you really have the passion and the why of, I really want this to succeed. Mm. So I always tell people, just start, just take action because while you're getting ready to get ready and you're not doing anything, you're just stalling mm. because when you take action, when you put out a course, when you put out a blog, when you put out what, whatever on social media, the, the feedback and the reactions or the, I guess, the lack of reaction or feedback is still feedback. So you get to hear, am I on track? Do people like this? 
Are they resonating? And I feel like the first few years, we're just experimenting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in this online space now for, it'll be four years around Thanksgiving. And I finally feel like I figured out what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like four years of experimenting, Mm -hmm. but I see the vision and I see it so clearly. And these last four years have been just such a I, like it was what created this clarity. So I do think it's it's going to be part of your path to be experimenting and testing and figuring out what what is my audience like? What do they not? Mm. What do they want to hear from me? Like when you said this Instagram poll, I immediately was like, oh yes, this is so good because they really want it. Yes. And when somebody really wants it, they're invested more. They're they're going to be happier clients. They're going to come back more often because they're like, wow, Cat really listens to mm. us. And I think that's super important. Yeah, I mean, I launched my first online course last September. So almost a year ago now. And I mean, I had been working on it for months, Stacy. I was like, I like, this is the thing I'm going to do. And I'm going to make a course for single women. And I designed it based off of what I wanted and yeah. what I was, I designed it for like me six years ago, like the struggles I was going through and the the questions that I had and I launched it and it didn't go bad. Like I think mm-hmm. for my first launch, it went pretty well. I, I launched and I made $10,000. And to me, I was like, wow, like I've never made anything off the refined woman. Like this is pretty great. And then I like two people that signed up for the course finished it out of 70. And I was like, that's not a lot. Uh, And so I started asking them and then doing polls. And then I started getting them in this January. I was like, I'm going to relaunch. Everything's going to be so easy because I already have this course created. And I once I started getting my students on the phone and being like, what do you want? Like, what questions do you have? I realized, oh my gosh, I did not serve my audience. I was serving myself. Like I didn't know my audience because I wasn't asking them what they wanted. And so I just relaunched a month ago and it was, I raised my price. I increased, I like more than doubled my sales and I think that was because I started listening to what people wanted from me as opposed to just assuming. And Mm -hmm. I think that'll just keep happening. Like it'll, we'll just keep honing in on it. Um, I think so much of it is like, all right, yeah, you think you might know your, your ideal client, but you really don't until you start talking to them. Yeah. And you know, there's this thing with the curse of knowledge. So what you know now that you didn't know six years ago, you've actually forgotten Mm. how tough it was for Mm. you. So, you know, we think like, oh, you know, I could, I mean, now I'm like, I can code certain things. I can do this. But when I first started, I was like, what, what, what do you mean? How do I do this? Who can I hire? And you just forget how that learning curve is real. Mm. And it might've taken you a while, but then you teach something in 30 seconds that took you six months to learn. Right. Right. You're like, why aren't they getting it? So I do think the feedback from your clients is so important. Mm -hmm. And one thing we do with our online courses is at the end of every lesson, I have this little Google form where they can fill out this, this form and it says something like, what were your biggest struggles? Or like, where did you get stuck in this module? What did you feel was missing from the module? What would you have loved to have seen in here? And you know, if, if Stacy's reading this right now, like what is something that you would want her to answer? Mm. Those forms were phenomenal. We took every single one of them, read through everything, 
revamped the course, completely added in modules, took some modules out saying, you know, they're not even saying this was helpful. Mm -hmm. They didn't really go through it. We're seeing that. Let's give them the good stuff and get rid of the fluff. And the more we listen, the more they're just like, this is the most amazing thing, but it's because they're building it. Mm -hmm. And I I think too, the longer you're doing something, the more you start to think like, oh, we're getting, we're really well at that. We're doing really well, right? Like we've got this, but that's when it's dangerous. When you Mm -hmm. think you finally got it and you stick to what you're doing and you stop asking for feedback, things change. People change, times change. So we need to keep getting their feedback all the time to continue to improve our product or service. Okay. All my single ladies, listen up. Raise your hand if dating as a single woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has been a struggle fest. I've experienced it at all from being stuck in the friend zone like it was my job to my dating life looking like the Sahara Desert to awkward setups to heartache to being ghosted and pretty much everything in between. But you know what I've discovered? It doesn't have to be this way. Truly. I know you're like cat. You don't know me, you don't know my story, and you're right. But I know mine, and I know what it's like to feel hopeless in this area of my life. And I know what it's like to move into my season of singleness and dating with hope and clarity and practical tools and freedom. And over the last few years, I've literally journeyed with thousands of women all over the world and walking into more freedom and purpose in their dating life. So I created a free guide for you to help you jumpstart your dating life and get unstuck. It's called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life. You can grab it for free at bit.ly slash TRW dating tips. In this guide, I will teach you the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. And then I'm going to show you how to get unstuck in your relationships. I know you want to meet a quality guy, but it's like, how, right? I got you, girl. Then the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically transform your season of singleness. And lastly, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. This guide is for you if you're a woman of faith that longs for a meaningful relationship but have no idea how to get there. Is that you? Then go ahead and go to bit.ly slash TRW dating tips and grab my free guide, six tips to activate your dating life. That leads me to another question that I'm so curious about you because you've been in business for 17 years. Like you've been an entrepreneur and you recently had a pivot in your career. And this is like from this conversation that you and I had, like walking across a street in Chicago, (laughs) as I'm taking your picture, you mentioned this story and I was like, people need to hear this story Um, because you've had a successful business. But like what you're saying, I think one of the biggest things as an entrepreneur is being adaptable. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience of pivoting in this past year? What led you to it? What kept you from it for a while? Um, How that's been? Yeah, I think it all comes down to identity. And I've had a lot of identity crises Mm -hmm. like throughout this process. So for instance, you know, I may have identified as a dancer and a dance teacher. So coming out in this space, I kept thinking like, who am I? to do this. Like, who am I to teach people? I didn't even talk about the dance studio in the beginning because I thought people might not even take it seriously. They might think, oh, it's just a cute little dance Mm. studio, not realizing what it really truly is or my experience. So I was actually hiding my identity a little bit. And then when I would say something or we'd get a feature and 
I would show show off the studio. People would people that knew me, friends that knew me, like like you, going, "You still own this? What? What's going on?" Like all of a sudden, you don't realize. Okay, I'm I'm hiding the thing that makes me credible or that makes me stand out. And there's something in you right now. For those of you listening, that you you have this amazing thing that you don't realize is the thing you should be talking about and sharing because everything you're doing is your experience and and that's what you're going to share. You don't have to have a degree or a certificate or a stamp of approval saying, yep, you're good to go and you can move forward Mm -hmm. with this, right? This is just anybody in our world right now, anybody gets to decide, I want to do this. I want to have my own business. And that's pretty cool. So I will say, as I started to um, come into the online space and even like write a book, I, I hid the book for my family. I didn't want them to know because I, I thought they're going to judge me. They're going to think she's not a writer. Like I almost felt like they knew me too well to know like who is she to write a book, which that is not even how they, when they finally found out, they were like, that's amazing. This is incredible. They were so proud, but I kept thinking for other people. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking my friends are going to think this. My family's going to think this. My husband's going to think this. And it was the total opposite reaction of what I actually got. So you're probably nervous of like, well, what are other people going to think too? I I do think the bigger you are, when you're looking at somebody, like you mentioned, a Jenna Kutcher, right? Like when you're looking at somebody massive like that, yes, she's going to have some negative comments under her post because she's massive. Like she has hundreds of thousands of followers. But when you're just getting started, people aren't hating on you. People aren't. (laughs) Like when you have four Instagram likes, people aren't like, this sucks. You're horrible. Like nobody's (laughs) saying this, Okay. So it's a lot less intimidating in the beginning, putting yourself out Mm -hmm. there. But I think the, I I think because I was hiding myself, of course, I was having this identity crisis of I'm not fully believing this is who I am. Like I almost felt like I was lying Mm -hmm. to my people, if that made sense. And I, I was always just taking everybody else's advice, like branding advice and, oh, I should name it this, or I should call it this, or I should have these colors or this look or... And all of a sudden, I kind of was like, wow, I don't even look like myself. Mm. Like, I don't even feel like me. Or people would run into me and they would say, you look, you're so much more down to earth than I thought you would be from like your photos and stuff. Mm. I was like, oh, this was pre-cat, everybody. Okay. (laughs) This was photo shoots before cat. But I was like, oh, I don't even look like myself. Like, I think I was trying to play a part versus just be myself. And that, when I realized she's building her empire was my old brand, I even realized like, that didn't even feel like me. Mm. It, it, it really just felt like I identify as like a serious businesswoman who just loves business and I want to get down to business and like, let's go and I want to move fast. And when I kept looking and hearing she's building her empire, what I kept thinking people were perceiving it as is just like this fun blog, mm. you know, like a girl boss thing where it's like, well, no, it's a side hustle. And I was like, no, this is really what I want to be teaching and sharing and serving and for a while, I was feeling really lost because I knew I didn't want to keep She's Building Her Empire. I wanted to switch, but I didn't know I didn't know what I should switch to. Mm-hmm. So it's the worst when you're like, I'm not happy with where I'm at, but I don't know where I want to go. Like the definition of that is just you're lost <laughs> yes. you know? because you, you have no GPS telling you where you're standing and where you should be heading. And that was kind of how I felt for probably a year. And I realized, okay, it's time to just start to be open to what could I be sharing and who am I? And I think the more clear I got on my expertise and what people like about me, I actually surveyed my clients to say like, when you think of me, what do you think of? 
What do you come to me for? What do you like about me? What do you wish I taught more of? And when I was reading their responses, I was blown away Mm. by the reactions of certain things because I wasn't seeing myself like that. Mm. So I think that was helpful too. And then just starting to put it out there and be vulnerable with my friends and say, listen, I'm trying to pivot but I don't, I'm not really sure what I'm pivoting to. And I started saying that to a lot of people. And then people would start saying, well, you know what you're really good at? You should think about this. And like foot traffic really was just this, like, it was almost like I talked to one person, they'd give me this golden nugget. I'd say that golden nugget to somebody else. And they'd be like, yes. And what if you did this? And then I would say that conversation to somebody else. And months and months later, I was like, I've got it. Mm. I know what I'm going to do. I was like, I put together all the pieces. Wow. And So first of all, I think that that is such an incredible, the way you unpacked that of like, all right, first you have to identify, I'm not happy here. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't me anymore. And I think it takes real courage to pause the ship because, you know, you have a big entity. So you're going one way full steam and it takes courage to stop and be like, all right, maybe what brought me here isn't where I'm going anymore. So to give yourself this space to question that, I think first, I just want to acknowledge that because I think that takes courage. Um, And I think it's why people end up in careers that they hate for their lives because it's like, they think it's too hard to switch gears. Yeah. And trust me, I fought my friends. (laughs) Like they'd give me these great ideas and I would be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Or, okay, you're asking me to pause the ship, like you just said, which meant losing a lot of revenue for some of our Mm. courses that were doing amazing because the messaging was off. Mm. So it was really scary for me to take that leap. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds scary, but at the (laughs) same time, hearing what you shared with me in our conversation in Chicago, what happened after you took that leap? Yeah. So I think because I was, I was trying to be like everybody else. So when I came into the online space, I was like, oh, everybody's bio says like speaker, author, philanthropist, like you, like the, the words that like everybody fluffy, you know, everybody's using. And I just felt like, well, I've got to be just like them, which is the worst thing you can do. You need to stand out in a saturated market and be completely different. Like go look at what people are doing and do the opposite of what everybody's doing. Right. So I think for me, I had to really step back and go, okay, what is making me unique here? What is making me different? And how do I start to share that? Because I was realizing that this was going to be a little bit harder than I thought. Mm. Like it's getting more saturated, right? So, and that's just how the world we live in because the the barrier of entry is getting lower and lower, Mm. which is amazing. But then it's like, we've got all these people coming in. So I had to really step back and say like, well, what is you know, what, what is, what am I going to be known for and what is going to be super different? And when that happened, I started to become known as like the girl who helps with local businesses and local marketing. And, you know, I had this amazing episode with Amy Porterfield. We air it. And as soon as that happened, it was kind of my first, like dip my toes in the water. And she was trying to push me in the water (laughs) with some of the things she was saying, but I was so grateful for her. Um, But right after it was like, I all of a sudden got an email from Michael Stelzner with Social Media Marketing World asking if I wanted to do a workshop with them and be on their podcast. And now I was just offered a speaking engagement with them. And it was like, all of a sudden, I think I have five speaking engagements on my calendar for the next like six months or so. And it's funny because last year I wanted that so bad, Mm. but nobody was asking Mm. me. I was completely overlooked and it was because I looked like everybody else. So maybe I wasn't coming to mind. And now I'm coming to mind because they're going, ooh, she talks about this and nobody's talking about that. Let's get her in. That's so interesting. And 
I mean, I just wonder how many of us are blocked from really like living into their potential because of like a refusal to pivot or like, even as you're, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, we all have blind spots, right? And then we ask for advice from our friends or, you know, business mentors. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, like right. for me, I felt so blocked in my career, in the refined woman. Why can't this make money? Why can't this make money? Because I was so attached to like talking about style and fashion. And I was like, style bloggers are making good money. Like, that's what I'm doing. But guess what? I don't mm-hmm. really like fashion. <laughs> and I don't really care yeah. about it that much. And when I, I had a similar but different thing happen, um, like about a year and a half ago, Stacy, I was on Jamie Ivey's podcast. It's a huge podcast. And I thought she wanted to talk with me about business. And then we get midway through our conversation and she's like, so what's dating in New York City as a Christian like? And I shared with her, here's my experience. Here's what I've gone through. Well, fast forward, that episode goes live. Uh, within a week, it has 100,000 downloads. Within a week, wow. I get 3,000 personal emails from women all over the world asking me questions about dating and faith. Wow. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I don't want, I don't want to talk about that. I'm, I'm a businesswoman. I do brand strategy and social media marketing and I do sponsored posts with brands. And so I felt like my business was totally blocked for like five months. Cause I was like, I'm not the girl for that job. Yeah. And I finally, I we're like making excuses in our head. We're resisting it. You have 3000 emails. Oh my gosh. Like, what? I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not your girl. And I remember yeah. one night sitting on my bed about to go to bed and I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. And like starting the next day when I was like, I'll start speaking into this it's like I'd been swimming upstream and I didn't know how tired I was. And finally things just started coming to me. That's the best analogy. That's exactly how I felt. Mm. I feel like, I almost feel like not lazy right now, but I feel like this shouldn't feel this easy. Mm. And I think it was because it felt so hard before and I didn't realize the difference. Mm. And why one of my coaches says to me, how good can you stand it? Like I, I was an athlete in college. Like I know how to work hard and persevere as I'm sure, you know, as a dancer and business owner. And she's like, why does everything always have to be hard with you? Like what, what if it was just easy? And Mm -hmm. I had never thought about that before. Cause I'm like, well, you have to work hard. And she's like, yeah, work hard, but why can't it also be easy? And that's a huge thing that I've tried to take moving forward is like, just like what you're saying, like, I almost feel lazy. Like I'm not even working right now. Like I can't wait till my business feels like that. (laughs) Well, and I had the same similar situation. You know, I grew up where my dad, my grandpa, my uncle, they would leave before the sun came up and they would come home when the sun came down. And that was what I watched. Mm. And they're very successful. So in my mind, you work morning to night. Mm. Like that was one belief that was so ingrained in me. And it took a while for me to go, this isn't going to be how I'm going to do Mm. this. And it was different because they were all men. Mm. I'm sitting here as the mom trying to figure this all out too. So that was a big wake up call for me when I realized, okay, this is, this isn't going to be able to be my story. Right. Right. Or why just because it's, that's how that person did it doesn't mean it's how I have to do it. And they grew up differently than we did. They didn't have social media. They didn't have all these amazing tools that we have now. Right, right. And being able to outsource things with websites like Upwork or 
and throwing virtual assistants right, all over the world. Right. So Stacey, just kind of wrapping up here, you have such, I love your insight and wisdom. If there's like one thing you would want a woman listening to this podcast who is like struggling in her like creative entrepreneurial side hustle pursuit, what would you want to, what would you want to tell her or what would you want her to know? I would say just because you don't know what your next thing is, doesn't mean you aren't meant for it. So I think sometimes we think if we don't know, it must mean that it's just not meant to be. But I think part of the journey is just figuring that out and giving your space to to breathe and think. And, you know, I always say like drive in the car and don't have the radio on. Just think, you know, go for a walk. I mean, yes, I listen to podcasts, but sometimes I'm like, I just need to think right now. I just need to give my space, myself space to really just keep an open mind and having that clear space to do that things will pop up. Mm -hmm. And then listening to podcasts like this, you might hear one thing that we just said and get so inspired and go, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. That's, that's so good. Cause we, what busy and noisy lives do we live in? You know, like there's always something where we have a second to spare and we're scrolling through Instagram or checking our emails. And really for me, it's in those moments when I turn the things off, I'm like, oh, that's where my ideas have been. They've just been drowned out by the noise. Right. Well, and we're so conditioned to listen to things on double speed or triple Mm. speed. And then we just binge into the next episode. What if you just sat for a minute and thought about this episode? Mm. What if you re-listened to it to see if you took away something different this time? Like if you could just stop and slow down, you'll hear it. It'll, it'll come to you. It may take a little while and that's okay. It's part of the journey. Mm, That's so good. Oh, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your insight yeah. and wisdom. And you, you're in the process of, I believe, if I'm following your social media correctly, like relaunching some of your yes. content right now and courses. Can you just let us know what your courses are, where we can find them, how we can get connected with what you're up to? Yeah. So you can find me all over social media at Stacy Tushel. We are starting another handle, which will be specifically um, at Foot Traffic Formula that is going to be for those physical brick and mortar locations as well. Um, so any place online, you're going to find me. And then my podcast is Foot Traffic Formula. So good. Well, thanks, Stacy, And I can't wait to yeah. see you soon. Hopefully we'll get to take yes. pictures again. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks, Kat. Right. This has been so Oh, fun. so good. Chat soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.